You're listening to the Cleveland Review of Books podcast. This is the first iteration of our new Art of Podcasting interview series, which exists in the lineage of the Paris Review's Art of Fiction series of interviews. I'm your host, Billy Lennon, the journal's editor-in-chief. I'm joined by one of our contributing editors, Kyle, who specializes in film. We sat down for a two-part interview with Brian Quimby of Street Fight Radio, also run by Brett Payne, a Columbus-based podcast and radio station that has been running strong for around a decade. They dubbed themselves the number one anarcho-comedy radio station across the nation as they try to spread this mess across the U.S. They are informal members of the Dirtbag Left and were a major inspiration for the founding of Chapo Trap House. Brian was kind enough to let us into his home, and he couldn't be nicer. So what happens when two art theory bros meet Brian? Well, we wouldn't have done this interview in the first place if we didn't think that podcasts are a 21st century form of art. This particular interview is the first iteration of our Art of Podcasting series. In the next couple of weeks, we will release our second discussion with Brian Quinby, which is a talk about Ohio particularly Columbus, and their politics, culture, and power dynamics. Thanks so much to Brian for his hospitality. He was very lovely to talk to you. Without further ado, let's get this interview started. Do you want to do it as, like, backup? Because, like, we've okay, recorded yeah, shit okay. before. We've, we've, we've done an interview before and, like, yeah, lost yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, me too. I've done a million podcasts that never... Because <laughs> we, we used to like, you know, just sort of, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like we used to have like a podcast with like some of us in college did. It was like just for each other. And then we finally did like our best episode yeah, ever about like Jordan episode. Peterson. And then like our one friend who was like the nerd who just broke down fucking everything. He was like, yeah, I didn't hit record. <laughs> yeah, I did that once. Yeah. I mean, luckily... Like, you can rip it. If you're doing it on Google Hangouts, you can rip it mm-hmm. from... You can, like, take it and rip it and then put it on, like, uh, use that audio. Because I did a show with Will once. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when it got done, I had never hit record on the thing. Oh, no, it was... I didn't hit start broadcast, but I was recording. Mm-hmm. So we had the yeah. recording, and I was like, ugh. I'm so glad that had... Like, that was able to be salvaged. Right, right. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. We should next time we should do something like that. Dude, we're never gonna do We're never podcasting. gonna do podcasting. <laughs> podcasting is I mean, I don't even know how many people like how much space there is left in the world for podcasts anyway. Right. I'm it's like saturated. It's like a um is that a clipper set? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. The um Yeah, like the bubble was like bursting. Like everyone mm-hmm. in there fucking like especially in like Brooklyn, like everyone's got a podcast. Well yeah. people don't like know that it takes work actually to make it happen so they see it as like a a way to get a bunch of money for your shit Mm. like immediately you know like they think I don't know it's just this weird thing where like the Chapo guys have made this illusion that like if you're good at podcasting then it takes six months to become 
Like, like it take that it takes like a lot of people think it took them six months to get good at podcasting and then they started making money when they were podcasting before Chapo Trap House yeah. officially launched. Like yeah. people don't understand that like for like two years they were doing our show and they were doing other shows and they were they were just doing a lot of stuff to learn how to do it. Right. So people see what happened with them as like, oh, that's how you so like I'll just record like three like I'll get used to it. I'll do like five episodes and then I'll know what I'm doing and then yeah, yeah. I'll just be set. And it's like that is just it takes hundred episodes. I always tell people it takes like a hundred episodes to get like consistently good. Like in that hundred, you will have good shows, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and your first show might even be okay. Mm -hmm. But like to do one every week, that's good. It takes forever to learn how to do that. It's yeah, like yeah. really not easy to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not that you can't just like record yourself shooting the shit with your friends. I had a dude one time. That's what I thought though when I was twenty one. Me too. I had a dude one time fun, who man. sent me him and his wife did a podcast, and it was their first show ever. And they they sent me a DM and was like, "Will you listen to our first show and give us advice?" And I was like. You don't want me to listen to this show. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I know, because they got drunk and was shooting this shit on a microphone. Who knows how fucking long it was? And I was just like, you don't want anybody to hear this. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Like, you, you do a hundred, do ten of them and mm. send it to me and ask my advice. But really, my only advice is. Like, no people is the, like, that, what made me, what got us where we were is that, okay, so what got the Chapo guys where they were were that they knew people. And what got me where I was is that I know them and now know other people. And, like, it doesn't matter how good you are at doing a show. It's really, like, you have to know the right people. And you have to, like do all the you have to know the right hoops to jump through and you have to like every time somebody offers you something you have to say yes even if you think it fucking sucks I did the worst show <laughs> of my life last night one of the worst shows I've ever done last night <laughs> but it was like okay I mean I'll do it it was just like one of those really bad situations like we got to the bar and it was a punk show where we were supposed to be emceeing but we always tell people when they book us like that we're like People don't want to hear us talk between bands. Right. Like, it's just mm -hmm. nobody wants that. Between bands is a relaxing time for people to get ready for the next band. Smoke a cigarette. Yeah, so yeah, you're up there talking and nobody's even fucking looking at you. And right. it's disheartening. Especially when, like, me and Brett could book our own fucking show and 150 people would show up and scream for us. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. why would I do this to myself? <laughs> Reminds me of being like, I guess, like, whatever being a stand up comic is like, you're just like, you're gonna bomb a lot of shows and you yeah. just have to get used to it at first. And like, for me, it's like, we don't bomb shows anymore at all. I mean, it, we cheated because right. it's like so easy to go in and everybody just wants to hear, like, like everybody wants to hear whatever we say. So it's like, it's a whole, di it's a different, but I think stand up is like sort of dying anyway. Yeah. In that, like, in that way, because I don't think. Like, I don't know, but I don't think, like, young people want to go and see somebody's rehearsed stand-up bit. I really don't think that people... I think that, like, 
because of the way the like internet works and like the world that people are growing up in that coming of age in now like when I was when I was younger like comedy I, like you first of all it wasn't recorded all the time so like you didn't hear jo the same jokes over and over again and shit like that now it's like as soon as somebody does their shit, they're done with it, you know? Mm -hmm. But they work for, like, fucking six months on it. And oh, it seems yeah. like, to me, it's like, why? Why, like, <laughs> what, what is the fucking point to, like, work for six months on one hour of material right. when, like, you just go, like, what is fun? I guess what's fun about that? Because mm -hmm. that's why we quit stand-up, because it just isn't. There's nothing fun about it at all. Like, and I don't think anybody really wants it anymore. <laughs> Do you mean like Netflix like specials or yeah. that kind of thing? I just don't. Videos. I think that like even like even with the Netflix special, I could probably make one that's cool. You mm -hmm. know? But like I think that most people want <laughs> look, really who's watching those Netflix cop like when you start thinking about the yeah, number yeah, of yeah. people that might watch them, might like I can tell you that like so there's this wrestling promotion I watch and I like thought you know this is a big deal this is, this is like a wrestling promotion I heard the numbers that they get for their shows like when they air them I get higher numbers <laughs> than their shows and yeah. I was just like so when these stand up videos are on Netflix I'm just like is anybody watch like watching these? Like, is it, like is this just throwing content and like yeah, content like that you content in there like, that you crafted for like a year? You're just mm -hmm. throwing it into a void rather than just going out and doing something that's happening now. Mm -hmm. You know, like, in like that's right because like Netflix doesn't release any of the numbers for like they don't release watch numbers for any of their shows, and so their money is just from subscriptions. So they can just throw this shit in there, and it doesn't matter if anyone watches it. Yeah, I mean. It seems like now, like at least what I enjoy when people are funny, it's just they're like blessed to just be funny. Yeah. <laughs> and they can just sort of like riff. Like, I don't know. I listen to like Jesus and Meryl a lot. Yeah. The Vega Boys. And then like, it even seems like with what, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's not like incredibly, I mean, I don't know how you guys prepare for shows, but it's very like casual, you know? But it makes it seem like you have just like a natural spark. Yeah, like it's like not forced, you know? That's how I... interesting things. And I think that's why people like it. I mean, th look, the way that our show happens is that like, we know what each other, we know what we're both good at. Mm -hmm. Like, I know what Brett's good at and Brett knows what I'm good at. And like, so I find a bunch of stories and then Brett comments on them and sets me up for things that he knows I'm going to say. Like, it's very easy for us because yeah. we've been doing it for seven years. Mm -hmm. But, like, that format and that way of doing things mm -hmm. took, like, five years to figure out that's what we're good at rather than... And I think, like, that was something the Chapo guys really did well was, like, they kept adjusting until they figured it out, you right. know? And, like, people... I mean, people get a plan in their head. And, like, that's the other thing with stand-up that I think is weird is, like, I don't think that what works in, like, first of all, I think that, like, people from Ohio, have you ever gone to, like, an open mic night or, yeah. like, listen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... Well, what kind of open mic? Like, poetry? Like, comedy. Comedy. Oh, comedy. yeah, yeah obviously. In, like, we're talking about. <laughs> so, when you it's go to... Yeah. Late night, yeah. When you go to a comedy open mic, it those people at that open mic could be from anywhere 
in the fucking country. They could be from New York or L.A. Mm. because they're just doing the same jokes that people in New York and L.A. are doing. And Mm. to me, when I was doing it, that sounded like bullshit coming from people in Columbus, Ohio that are performing in front of other there really isn't aren't audience members at these shows. Mm-hmm. It's all comedians waiting for their turn to go. Like we would do shows where there were twenty two comedians on stage. Oh my Jesus, yeah. man. And so like the whole audience, it's like me talking to twenty one comedians <laughs> and them not laughing. That's why it felt like a waste of time. Like I was spinning my wheels when we were doing it. That's why we decided to focus on the podcast instead of stand up because we weren't going to move. But like, like I know that there's guys in Cleveland that are doing like basically the same thing that people in New York are doing. Definitely. And like I think that stand up made that happen because like you had to move to New York or LA or Chicago to become like a famous stand-up but well, we yeah, don't have to right. do that anymore. You need like your rent paid. Yeah, now you yeah. Have, you know, <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. Uh, we went to a so I don't know I try to go to New York every few months just because people there that, that I know and like just to stay involved because if you're just I don't know. Um, I do too. Yeah, 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 yeah but it's like uh, it's refreshing but um, we went to a comedy show at, uh, like, an impromptu one at, you know, Jake Flores? Yes. Yeah, we were at his apartment. <laughs> like, some of those fucking comedians were bad. Some of them were really bad. <laughs> really crazy. There was, like, a couple guys There was one really who was good. good as hell. Yeah, there was yeah, one guy who yeah. was really good. We were just ripping on that one dude. Mm-hmm. But it was like, like that, though. It was, like, it was like, the, the room was, like, at least 50% comedians. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That sucks. And they like, don't laugh at anything. <laughs> there's one guy, though, like... There's, like, an art to, like, laugh, like, a performative laughter, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, but, uh... It was real weird for me, because I was, like... I would go up there, and, like... I, I was doing kind of basically what I do now. Mm. And, like, just the comedians all fucking hated it. <laughs> and I was just, like, why do they hate this? And then, like, for a long time, I was, like, maybe it's, I'm the only person that thinks this is funny. But then, mm. you know, through other things happening and just getting in front of more people like I realized like no those comedians are wrong they don't like what I do because I do something that they don't do yeah. like I'm not doing I'm not trying to be like the next Patton Oswalt right. like I have no interest in being like thought of as like a great comedian and like right. I also hate just even like I hate how seriously comedy has been like over the over the past probably ten or fifteen years, like mm-hmm. with Mark Marin and with a few like with you know the rise of like r- like radio and shit like that. Like there there was a time, I guess like w- with rock and roll, right? When when they made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it was a big museum that everybody goes and looks at, like. Aussie sweatpants or whatever like that. <laughs> yeah, they made there, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah, made yeah. rock and roll. They made rock and roll like an important institution. Yeah. And I think comedy has had the same thing happen to it where it became, oh, it's important. We we are out there testing the limits of free speech yeah, and right. shit like that. And like that immediately made it uninteresting to me because I like the idea that we're out here just fucking entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. that's why I draw more from the, I draw more from wrestling because it's about instant gratification right. yeah. and right. it's about like 
I want you to sit in this room and just fucking laugh. And I don't, I don't think what I'm doing is important at all. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want you to think that it's important. Like, when a lot of people tell me I change, like, they'll tell Brett and I, like, you guys, you know, you changed my life and shit like that. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, don't. it's not like i want people to take me seriously yeah it's it's kind of my point is like i want people to take me seriously but i also just want like i want you to like my goal is to make you feel better whether that's through laughter or whether that's through just letting people know that they're not alone that's why we talk about work so much because You know, I don't have these fucking panic attacks mm-hmm. back when I was uh, back when I was working a real job and like imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. shit like that. And I just yeah. want to get rid of all that. I think that like the way they talk about socialism, whether like the way the DSA even talks about socialism and the way that unions talk about labor, they do not focus enough on the mental health mm-hmm. part of it, mm-hmm. which is the thing that makes us all afraid to stand up for ourselves. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, I have a few things to say about that, but I, I mean, you probably hear a lot from like the Brooklyn people. They're always talking about that guy, Mark Fisher. Um, like Amber always talks about Mark Fisher, just about how like we don't ever attribute like mental health stuff to like societal. Oh right, yeah. It's always like an inherent like like people like emphasize like the genetic or biological aspect, which is like important, but like as if it like comes uh, from nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or they like they don't even talk about how how exacerbated it is, but because like I don't get up every morning. Like, look, I don't wake up every morning and throw up in my bushes now Mm -hmm. and like like shake and shit like that like I don't do that anymore mm-hmm. and it all stopped when I quit that cable job my last real fucking job like all of it stopped mm-hmm. when I quit that job that was going to be my career you know mm-hmm. and now somehow I don't have those same anxieties anymore and my job is just doing whatever the fuck I want anytime I want you know yeah, sure. <laughs> so I guess for me it's like if somebody, my, the thought I always have before, you know, the call-in show or anything like that is if there's something that I can say to a person that's like 20, between like the ages of like 20 and 30, mm-hmm. that makes them feel like somebody else, an adult, a person that they look, because like when you're like, you, you obviously know, like you don't think of yourself an adult until you're 30. Like, everybody, you think that everybody older than you has shit figured out. Even if you think their politics are fucking stupid, Mm -hmm. you think, well, they have a house, and they have a fucking car, and they have a family, and they have a real job, and they Mm -hmm. they figured all the whole world out. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, but... But, like, then I say I don't, and I have all those things, Mm -hmm. and I'm broke, and I have no idea what what I'm doing in this world, and I wish somebody had said that to me, but, like, nobody, for some reason, once, what ends up happening is once you hit your 30s, your mid-30s, you become antagonistic with the younger generation, and then it it becomes, like, this thing, I wish you would do things the way I do, Mm -hmm. but I look at it like I wish we would do things the way... You got. I mean, you're idealistic. You have better ideas than we do. You know. For listening to the Cleveland Review of Books podcast, 
I'd like to thank our advisor, Matt Richmond, and my co-editor, Joe Mastrantoni, for all of their audio and radio advice. I'd like to give a special shout-out to some of our friends in the community, namely Max Bax Books, Visible Voice Books, Loganberry Books, Belt, Literary Cleveland, Barnhouse Journal, Cleveland Scene, Morning of Black Star, The Robin Blake Experience, and the Hildebrandt Artist Collective. And since we're here, I want to give a shout out to $2 Radio. Shout out to Morning of Black Star and Moomin Collective for their music. Check out our articles on our website and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where our handle is at Klee Review Books. Signing out, this is Billy Lennon. We'll see you next time on the Cleveland Review of Books podcast.